It's not a toy he wants this holiday. Nice clothes, not on her list. What these kids want, your kids have. Their health. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, we're fighting for kids who aren't as lucky as yours. The discovery that St. Jude can help save children close to you. Our treatments are used in hospitals all across America. Thanks to our research, St. Jude has the world's best survival rates for the toughest childhood cancers. And no family ever pays St. Jude for anything. Our discoveries today could save a child you know tomorrow. So if you have healthy children, give thanks. Give thanks. Dallas, gracias. Give thanks. Give thanks for the healthy kids in your life and give to those who are not. Donate at stjude.org or shop wherever you see the St. Jude logo. Tiki Hut Media. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hello there, got my beer cracked open and ready for this week's edition of Soul Ramblings Podcast. And coming up this Sunday, the second Sunday of Advent, and we're doing a four-part Advent series this month on Soul Ramblings Podcast. Last week, we talked about hope. This week, we focus on peace, and the message is refined by the Messiah. And of course, every year, we light candles as we prepare for the coming of Christ during Advent. More and more candles, more and more light, as we watch and wait for Jesus, the light of the world. God of promise, come into our darkness. Renew our hope and your peace in us, for you alone bring life out of death. Receive God's promise of peace from Psalm 4. Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when we call to him. Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. We will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make us dwell in safety. Our scripture reading for this week is Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. This is from the New Revised Standard Version. Hear the word of the Lord. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, and as in former years. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, is often dated to sometime in the first half of the 400s BC. This time period is after both the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah have been conquered by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. With the Persians in power, the people of Judah were allowed to return. Around the time of Ezra and Nehemiah's work, Malachi was written. There are varying opinions about more specific timing of this prophecy. For example, one school of thought places this prophecy as likely before the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. 
while another school of thought describes the timing of Malachi as after the rebuilding of the wall and the people of Judah have lost their initial passion they had when returning home. In either one of these settings, nevertheless, we find a people who are still in need of hope. They are cynical, questioning God's presence and faithfulness. And Malachi, whose name means my messenger, is developing a sort of courtroom case for the people of Judah. There is a series of cases made against God. God makes cases back, all through the perspective of this prophet. The Judeans will quickly see that while they think God is in the wrong, the tables will soon be turned. Our passage, verses 1 through 4 of chapter 3, while often used as part of Advent, are part of a slightly larger unit. Many commentaries often begin the passage at verse 17 of chapter 2 and go even later into chapter 3. This passage as a whole then starts with the case of Judah against God. The prophet says God is wearied by Judah's words. Judah has been claiming that God is absent. The proof of this, say the Judeans, is the lack of justice. People who act wickedly seem to get away with it. Where is the God of justice, the people of Judah ask. In short, God's response to Judah, through Malachi, is who are you to determine justice? Judah should be careful for what they wish. God will send a messenger, and when this messenger comes, it will be like the refiner's fire. In fact, God will put Judah on trial. The tables have turned. This messenger will make things right, will bring justice, but that justice will also include an accounting for Israel and Judah. Judah has neglected the poor working class, the widows, the orphans, and the aliens. However, even as this messenger brings justice, God is the same faithful God. God will continue to be faithful to the covenant made with his people. This passage can be interpreted at various different levels. Each of these layers of interpretation add different potential ways of understanding who this messenger of the covenant, this Malachi in Hebrew, from verse 1 actually is. Some read this passage as describing God himself. In this sense, God as the messenger of the covenant is the same faithful God of the covenant described throughout the Old Testament. The people of Judah, who have been living as if the God of justice doesn't exist at all, will actually meet this God, and it will be like the refiner's fire when they meet the very God they've ignored. Other interpretations view the messenger as John the Baptist preparing the way for the coming of Jesus. Matthew eleven twelve and Mark 1, 2 quote this verse from Malachi 3 to make the claim. In this sense, we connect these words to a ministry of Jesus as described in Matthew four seventeen. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. In Jesus, a new kingdom has come, a kingdom where the oppressed are freed, the lost are found, and the blind can see. And yet there is still another layer of interpretation to this passage. In this interpretation, the coming messenger of the covenant is Jesus in his second coming. The Gospels allude to this image in places like Mark 13 and Matthew 25. In this second coming, Jesus can be viewed as the messenger of the covenant, putting creation to rights, restoring justice. Seeing Jesus as the messenger of the covenant, we see a portrait of the Messiah who will refine us. As Jesus inaugurated the kingdom of God with his ministry on earth, we await his return to fully establish the kingdom. Before Jesus' return, through the power of the Holy Spirit, 
we become more like Jesus. We continue to be refined as we strive to partner with God in his work in the world. We pray for God's kingdom to come. This is the kingdom described in Malachi 3, where the poor, widow, orphan, and alien are cared for, where there is no adultery, sorcery, or perjury. This is ultimate trajectory of God's work in God's creation. Matthew 25 describes it. Revelation 22 does as well. While we await this coming kingdom, we strive to be like Christ, being refined along the way. The beauty of Malachi 3 is that the refiner's fire is not all-consuming. We are not completely consumed in fiery wrath. Rather, we are refined, made to look more like Jesus. We are refined in the waiting. And as we described in the first week of Advent, waiting doesn't have to be passive. In fact, our waiting shapes us. This passage in Malachi shows us that God is interested in our ongoing transformation. Not only for the people of Judah, we can also claim this passage for ourselves. God wants to do a new work in us. God wants us to be a people of justice, and God is faithful to us in the process. We can be refined without being consumed. During this particular season of Advent in 2021, after almost two years of hearing about large issues in the world around us, how can the individual seek justice and righteousness? How are we each seeking to be refined by our Messiah? We recognize that things are still not as they should be in the world around us. So what can we do as individuals to join with God in making all things new? How can we seek to be more faithful ourselves? We may be like the Judeans, looking at the world around us with judgment or contempt. In the days of social media and the 24-hour news cycle, we always hear about issues in the world around us. There are countless opportunities to judge and criticize others. And we certainly do need to hold people to account, no doubt about that. However, this passage reminds us of the need to also look inwardly. The people of Judah complained about the injustice or unrighteousness they saw around them, while ignoring their own issues. How often we hear a sermon and our first thought is, Oh, wow, I got a friend that really needs to hear this one. Do we, though, look also to ourselves? In August 2021 alone, something like 4.3 million people voluntarily quit their jobs, roughly 3% of the total workforce in the United States. Additionally, the percentages of people who completely stopped attending church in 2020 as compared to 2019 skyrocketed. Roughly one in five practicing Christians reported having not attended any form of church at all in the past six months in a Barna study from 2020. Trends like these can make us look at the changes in society with judgment and resentment. Why is everybody quitting everything, we might ask? Malachi 3 encourages us to look inwardly. What might we be doing or not doing within the church that makes it so easy for people to quit? What might we need to do in order to more faithfully communicate the gospel and raise up disciples in this time? This passage is a humbling one for us, but it is still hopeful. The Messiah is coming to make things right. And while we often think of everything else in the world that needs fixing, we're a part of it. Thanks be to God that God gives us grace and that God is still faithful to us as we are refined and renewed. Offered to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
We'll be right back after this short break. The law firm of Becker and Lindauer represent victims all over the state of Florida. All too often, insurance companies try to convince injured motorists, passengers, pedestrians, and other injured claimants to accept less than their case is worth. Whether it be a car crash, a trucking accident, a motorcycle wreck, a bicycle accident, or an injured pedestrian, it is imperative that you have legal representation to assist you. Becker and Lindauer are dedicated to putting their decades of legal experience to work for you. With proven results, Becker and Lindauer is ready to fight for you. With 45 years of combined experience in personal injury law, the team of Dave and Danielle are highly qualified and ready to help you. Call today for a free consultation, 941-567-6728. Again, area code 941-567-6728. Or visit Becker and Lindauer online at the website in the show notes. I've been telling you about my six-year-old grandson, Braxton, and how he was recently diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. He's getting care and treatment at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. I've had a lot of folks with calls, texts, DMs in Instagram and, and Facebook about how Braxton is doing. People coming up to me in person asking me how my grandson is doing and really appreciate the offers of prayers and support. You can keep up day to day with what's happening with Braxton on the Facebook page. It's called Braxton's Battle. Got a link to that page in the show notes of this episode and would encourage you to like that page and follow and keep up with Braxton and also send up your prayers and support. We would really, really appreciate it. And as my son and my daughter-in-law say, Braxton's Battle is our battle. The problem sincere Christians have with God often comes down to a wrong understanding of what this life is meant to provide. We naturally and wrongly assume we're here to experience something God has never promised. We assume we are here for one fundamental reason, to have a good time. If not good circumstances, then at least good feelings. We long to feel alive, to sense passion and romance and freedom. We want the good time of enjoying godly kids, of making a difference in people's lives, of involvement with close friends, of experiencing God's peace. So, we invent biblical strategies for seeing to it that our dreams come true. We call them models of godly parenting and disciplines of spiritual living and principles of financial stewardship, all designed to give us a legitimately good time. What's wrong with that? But when we uncover the deepest motives that drive our actions, we discover a determination to feel now what no one will feel until heaven. Sometimes, all that separates Christians from non-Christians is our understanding of how to produce those good feelings. The pursuit of soul pleasure remains primary. It continues to be the aim behind our choices rather than an occasional and welcome byproduct of a higher aim the aim of glorifying God as the object of our deepest, most passionate desire. We continue to want something or someone more than God. We don't think that's our biggest problem, but it is. As long as our purpose is to have a good time, to have soul pleasure exceed our soul pain, God becomes merely a means to an end, an object to be used, never a subject rightfully demanding a response, never a lover to be enjoyed. 
Worship becomes utilitarian, part of a cunning strategy to get what we want, rather than a passionate abandonment to someone more worthy than we are. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Hey, be sure to get social with us over on Facebook and Instagram. Those page links are in the show notes of this episode. We would be appreciative if you would do that. And be sure to click subscribe wherever you're listening today. Next week for week three of our Advent series, we look at being restored by the Messiah. Hope you can join us then. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today and give you this last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. I'm Jerry Wicker. Until next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, grace, peace, cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production.